Broken trust can be healed, but it's not just time that's going to heal it. You need clear guidance about what to do and what not to do. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I've developed a free video course called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. This course will show you what's needed to begin healing after betrayal. I offer guidance for the betrayed partner as well as the partner who broke the trust. You can access it for free right now by clicking the link in the show notes. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I want to welcome you to my podcast, From Crisis to Connection. Each week on this podcast, my guests and I will give you and your loved ones resources and tools to heal from the crises of infidelity, pornography, abusive behaviors, and betrayal trauma. But we also talk about how to build and maintain healthy connection in your most important relationships. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we are here to finish up our interview with Lisa Valentine Clark. We were so fortunate to have her back on the podcast to continue talking about the grief and loss process, especially in the context of interpersonal betrayal. If you remember from the previous episodes where we've spoken with her, she talks a lot about her experience of losing her husband to ALS and what that's been like for her and her family, and how both of them, when he was alive, worked together to really laugh their way through some of the really hard stuff to talk about the ironies, talk about the ridiculousness, talk about some of the really challenging parts and do it in a way that promotes faith, connection, community, laughter. And she and Christopher did such an incredible job leaving a beautiful legacy of joy in the midst of deep grief and sorrow. We're so grateful to have her on the podcast to talk more about her story, but also teach us how we can apply these principles to other areas of grief and loss in our lives, especially when it comes to interpersonal betrayal, betrayal trauma. Lisa Valentine Clark is the host of The Lisa Show on BYU Radio currently, but she's been involved in so many other things over the years. She was one of the original members of the Garens Comedy Troupe, co-founded the theater as improv troupe, The Thrillionaires. She also is the real mom in the viral videos for chat books. If you haven't seen those, check in the show notes. We've got some great links of some of her work. And she also has written a book called Real Moms Making It Up As We Go. And she hosted Random Acts and headlined show-offs for BYU TV and also was in some movies like Stalking Santa, Once I Was a Beehive, and Once I Was Engaged. Lisa has written and directed and done some incredible projects. And once again, it's just a real thrill to have her spend some time with us. And so we're going to jump in and finish up the second part and final part of our interview with her on this topic. Let's jump right into our interview with Lisa Valentine Clark. So I'm really curious also, how have you been able to prevent from swinging wide the other way? And like you mentioned earlier, spending too much time, even in humor as protective mechanism, so you don't have to feel because that's another area that I think we have to be be careful of and not just try to make light of everything so we don't have to do do the the work of feeling and moving through some of those hard things that's a really good question I think that's different for everybody I know for me personally I am a reflective person so I make sure that I have time to like pray and meditate every day so I have time to really tap into that And I do Mm -hmm. think that it's like a daily practice of that. And then I feel like it's on to the work of the day. 
right? Like, and I have to focus. And for me, it's a mental focus not to live in that place. So for me, I'm correcting so that I'm not, I don't live in humor or too much. I have to correct for the other right now. But I think if, I think you just have, you have to know yourself to know what adjustments sort of to make. So right now I find myself in a place where I'm looking for more fun and laughter and levity and that kind of stuff so that I'm not always living in my dark broodiness. (laughs) Fun character. Like, let's be honest. And I've, I've discovered that though, like uh, mostly through journaling, really through writing it Mm. down. And I feel like if I can write it down and sort of see outside of myself, to me, that's been even more helpful than therapy. And in a lot of, I mean, therapy was, is great and has been very helpful to me, but like that, just writing that down, because I, I know I need to be honest to myself and say, and write down the things that like, maybe I wouldn't even say out loud. And so I think everybody yeah. just sort of has to, has to find what works for them, but then it feels like I've done something for it. So then it sort of gives me permission to like, okay, now it's time to get on with the day or get on with something else. Yeah. Was that initially, was that a tr- tremendous amount of work to make that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I didn't want to avoid it. Cause I thought if I write this down, then it makes it real. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, then it's real. So it's my story and I don't want this to be my story. So I resisted it for a long time. Yeah. And I would only, I think I just wanted to write down the good stuff. And then I just thought you can't avoid this, Ooh. <laughs> but you got to write it down. And I would write it down and I would see the words on the page. And it was just like, it was like, I, it was like, it broke my heart as if yeah. I was reading it from somebody else. I was yes. like, this really is awful. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard work. Mm-hmm. It's so easy just to say, just write down your feelings, write down <gasps> what you think. And it's like, yeah. And then it's real and you have to live. And I have to read it. That's your story. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think, you know, even now too, like I, I joke, you know, cause people will be like, do you write down, you know, are you writing things? Cause I'm a writer, right? Like, are you going to write a book about this? And I was like, I don't think I'll ever publish it, but I'm writing. Sure. <laughs> I have what I call my sad, sad blue journal. I just call it my <laughs> sad, sad journal. Like if anybody read that, they would like, they'd be worried. So, <laughs> but there you go. I have a sad, sad journal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that takes a, a lot of courage. And I just want to recognize that, like that you leaned into that because I do believe like you've been describing that it becomes a choice that we can make, that we can lean into the hard things on the one hand and also not lean in too far on the other hand. It's so hard because I really thought that I would feel like I want to do it more, like that you have to like, you know how you, you know, you should do something because it's good for you. And so you're like, yeah. I you should do it. And I'll just do it a few times and then it'll get easier. And it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that even now. Me. Yeah. Like even now, like even yesterday, I was like, it's time to write another chapter in my <laughs> <laughs> I got to get open. this out. Like some stuff has happened that I'm like, yep. this too. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> And I was like, I got to, and I was like, all day long, I was like, no, I don't want to cry. I'll get a headache. No, I don't want to like, yeah. put it down. like I could just see myself just being like, I'll just do the bullet points. I'll just do <laughs> Yeah. We can shorten this. <laughs> so it's hard yeah. when you write something down and there's not enough time for it to be funny. I don't like that. Yeah. And you kind of look on it and you think, Ooh, that's never going to be funny. Like, Oh Yeah. With eons of time, it will never be funny. It will never be funny. Yeah. Right. So it's not That's like, hard. well, someday we'll laugh at this. Some things totally. just aren't ever going to be funny. Yeah. 
And that's yeah. okay. That's okay. Yeah. But what's interesting is that like, even we're ta- we're not even talking about the content of what you wrote, but just the process of struggling to write it is funny, right? Because it's, <laughs> it's our own denial. Avoid it. Yeah. Right. But like I know that part, I better. Right. Yeah. That part is so relatable, which is our tendency to deny, avoid, minimize, not accept things. And yeah. we can all relate. And I think to me, that's where the humor is. It's like in the relatability of it. I mean, that's I mean, you're a, you're a professional comedian, you know, way more about the kind of the inner workings of what things are funny as a writer and a performer. But I'm guessing so much of it is really about connecting to something that's so relatable. None of us can deny it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the human condition. I keep saying that, but like, it's just the human story. We all think that we're just such unique butterflies and we really, <laughs> I mean, and we are, we're all special and we love each other. We're great. But also we're all like. We all have that. Like, and I really believe, I don't think that anyone is better than anyone else. We just have a little bit of a different sort of life outline. But those emotions, those experiences, I think like that we experience as humans, they're, they're comically relatable. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love like, you know, good plays and TV and movies and art that expresses that. Or the character, and we have all had that experience, right? Like where you go and you see, and I also I think that that's very therapeutic as well, where you see someone who is not in the exact situation of you, but very, very similar. And you see them experiencing and processing. It's almost like you honor that in them. You've witnessed it. And it just helps to heal a little part of you because you just think, oh, I'm not alone in this. I'm not. Other people have experienced this and have, you know, triumphed, have become happy, have have helped other people, whatever it is that, you know, you have, have had value to it, you know, cause I think a lot of times there's a mm-hmm. tendency for us to be like, and I was like this too, um, for a long time of like, nothing good can happen from this tragedy. And if I admit that anything good has come from it, that I'm betraying my pain, you know, yeah. no one has made you give an oath to your pain, that there's some sort of honor in like, polishing and holding up your pain. Like, look, it's so great. But there's something in the back of my head that I was like, if anything good comes out of Christopher's suffering, that's gross. But of course you want anything good to happen, you know, out of any tragedy. Of course you do. It's this weird pull that we have. Right. And I think just kind of acknowledging it and saying it out loud, like Christopher used to say, like, oh, you know, you with caregiving and with going through these hard things, you'll be able to help people. And I was like, I'm not telling people about the worst time in my life. Why, why would I like, that's gross. And he was just like, why do we go through anything just to help other people? Right. Like, and that's such a better way to look at it, you know, or I look mm-hmm. at my kids and think I don't want the death of their father to define their life. Like, and then everything was awful, you know, and then we were so loyal to the pain and we never got over it. Like, you don't want that for your kids. You want them to thrive. And, and because they saw their, their father suffer and die, now they're more empathetic in the world. Or Like, of course you want good things to come out of that. Of course mm-hmm. you do. But it is a weird mental game that I think that you have to be like very careful with and conscious with about how you, the stories that you tell yourself about your tragedy, your pain, your grief in your mind and sort of those like those neural pathways that you are re reinforcing and reinforcing because we believe those stories that we tell each other and and I think a lot of unnecessary suffering comes from just bad stories. 
Yeah. Like holding on. I mean, you talk about being loyal to your pain and I'm, I'm thinking through, you know, people that want to like have a death grip on just positivity. Yeah. That's just as problematic as having a death grip on the pain. And it's really just okay. about, in my mind, I'm just envisioning like welcoming the pain into your living room and then saying, okay, well, looks like it's time to go. And it just kind of naturally will move out and then other things will come in and you'll just have this parade of emotions and experiences. And, and it's, it's that letting go. And I know that's very much a mindfulness principle Yeah, that, you know, if you've done meditation or pra- studied mindfulness, it's just really about not controlling what comes in and what moves through and trusting exactly. that movement. And a good story, like you said, a good story involves all those elements. Like it's not just all pain all the time and it's not just all positivity. Like the good ones have everything. Yeah. And we do feel like, I mean, especially when you're suffering and when it's the grief is really bad, you just want to not feel that way. You just, and your brain tells you, no, you'll feel this way all the time because the problem will never be solved. It happened. It's done. It's over. And that's not true. And there are a lot of complicated feelings, you know, that come up with that. And so that's why I think, you know, having different kinds of friends, different kinds of connections to sort of snap you out of that too, so that you listen to other voices and you're not just at home alone, listening to the voices in your head is like the most effective way to sort of move through that, to realize, oh yeah, sometimes I feel this way and sometimes I feel that way and it's okay. It's going to be a balance. You know, I really likened it a lot to like the, the feelings of like insecurity and imposter syndrome, like as a performer, you know, they're always there. You're never going to get rid of it. No, no amount of success or, you know, accomplishment or practice gets rid of those negative feelings. But I realized that I would acknowledge, yeah, yeah, you're a fraud. You don't know what you're doing. You're dumb. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Like I hear you, but I got to go on stage and I got to go do this thing real quick. So I'm going to go do that. (laughs) Then I'll come back and talk to you on the drive home. Okay. We'll get to the bottom. <laughs> we'll settle. And so then I will go and like do the commercial or do the movie or do the improv game and just focus then on the fun and laughing and being goofy and silly and and being you know just having the most fun because I'd already dealt with that feeling of insecurity. And then on the ride home, then I go, oh my gosh, why did I say that? Oh, did I? It was too much. <laughs> yeah, I'm too much. I should stop doing this. Why do I do this? And then I just have a deal with myself. Once you get home, then that's over. Because like you did the thing and some people just think about doing the thing and you did it. So good for you. Now go to bed and then do the next thing. And so I, I found myself like using that for grief as well. Yes. That horrible thing happened to you. It was awful. Yeah. You miss Chris so bad. Oh, it's the worst. Oh, it's awful. Okay. So yes, still awful. Hang on for a second. It's time to go to work. It's time to talk to my kids. It's time to go out with friends. Like we're, I'm going to go do a thing. I know you're going to be here when I get back. So just right. hang on and then go on and do it. So it's just kind of and it's like, not it's, denial. No, it's not, it's not denial. denial. It's, you know, you're going to live with this thing forever yeah. and it's not going, go away. Stop it. Don't, go. you know, it's hang on for it. Yes. I've heard you. I acknowledge this you. Hang on for a sec. And for me, that's, that's how I think of it now. Sometimes. Yeah. I love that. Right. Cause there's a, there's an honesty and an honoring and you're making space for it, but you're also taking turns and just like any good family, everybody gets to have a voice. And so this internal family of emotions and everything, yeah, everybody's just going to take their turn. Yeah. But you're in the driver's seat, like you're directing it. Yeah. And it is a you're mental just saying, sort of yeah, yeah. focus. 
it's hard. And some days when you're tired and you're stressed, it's hard, you know, to mentally yeah. focus. You just need a yeah. nap. Yeah. And a snack. One thing that you said earlier that I want to go back to, you talked about just how your experience of losing Chris was you became very clear to you watching him have to do this alone, but then watching you have to do all this alone. Like you saw, like, even though we've always been, since we've been married, it's been locking arms. We, we, you know, it's us against the world, but you had this real clear, you had this clarity around the fact that no, we all die individually. Like we don't, it is very much a solo kind of thing. And so with that clarity now where, you know, you now are alone and Chris died alone, even though he had everybody around him, it was his task. And this is now your task. When I think of people going through betrayal, I think so much of what they get hung up on is what another person should or shouldn't be doing for them, right? Like you shouldn't have cheated on me or you shouldn't have done that. And now I need you to do this. And they, they sort of hang their well-being almost like permanently on whether or not that person is going to do X, Y, or Z. And it's just like endless amounts of anxiety and suffering. And I, I get that in terms of rebuilding trust, like certain things do need to happen so that you can be in that relationship. There is an element of that that absolutely has to be in place. But in the meantime, and even long-term, I think there are some lessons there about recognizing what you can and can't control and that you are on an individual journey with another person. And so- Well, I I was just going to say that I'm really struck with what you're describing is like really what a good marriage is though too. Like a good Mm -hmm. marriage is not two halves making a whole, but it's two whole, healthy, happy individuals who choose each other. That's what it is. And that, that work in order to become an emotionally, physically, spiritually, you know, all person, whole person that's not perfect, but is just like happy with who they are and confident and, and on a trajectory that they feel like is like, that they can feel good about. Like two people like that coming together is, is amazing. You know, mm-hmm. like being able to do, you know, have these two vibrant lives who don't need each other, but choose each other is a different kind of marriage than, mm-hmm. you know, something that's codependent or that kind of stuff. And so I remember when uh, one of my dear friends was going through betrayal trauma and she didn't know how it was going to end up, you know, like she didn't know if he was going to stay or go. And he was kind of, you know, he was going through his own stuff. Like he was going through his own stuff. She was going through like, well, do I even want him to, or what do I want to do? Like, and it really changed my mind about a lot of things. Cause to me, it was just like, oh, if someone cheats, then you go. But it's just not that simple at no. all. No, no. And when you look at like statistics for sex and marriages, or you look at the well-being of your children, or you just look at your own healing and like, it's just so not a cut and dried situation. It absolutely, you know, changed my mind about that. But one thing that I noticed about her that I really, really admired, and they did stay together and it, it, they have a great marriage now, which is so like, I mean, this has been like 15, 20 years, like crazy to me is that she would say, no matter what, I have to be okay. And this is a wake up call for me. And I was like, oh yeah, that sounds right. Oh, I like that. Okay. What do you mean? And so she was going to therapy and doing her own work. And, and she's like, almost like it got to the point months later where she's like, it doesn't even matter what he decides or whatever, because that's out of my control. But what is in my control is what I will allow and what I, what kind of life I want and this and that and the other. And 
just, she's just one of the people that I admire the most in the world. And, and not surprisingly, the person who has been there for me going through my situation in a way that is probably the most meaningful, honestly, because she, she was like, I don't understand what you're going through exactly, but I do know what, you know, not having when life is unfair to you and how devastating that can be. I do know what this feels like. I do know. And I knew she was honest with me that I trusted everything that she said. And I will say something too about the husband, uh, her husband, he was at a time where he was so confused. And I just thought, oh my gosh, who are you? You're not who we thought you were. Like get it together, right? And he was at a point where he was so confused. One thing he did that I really admired was he went to people he trusted and asked for their guidance. And even though he didn't feel like he should do X, Y, Z, because it came from people who he knew he loved and trusted, he did it to kind of get through that, oh yeah, this is who I want to be. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was interesting too, because they were able to both do their kind of own like, well, what kind of life do I want to live? Well, what do I really think? And they were able to come back together as two whole people. That makes sense? Mm Mm-hmm. And like I said, in seeing them kind of go through that, where you're just like, people say the same things like that they said to me of like, oh, I can't imagine. Oh, that would be awful. Oh, I would just do X, Y, Z. And I think, no, you don't. You don't know what you would do if you were in it. Because it's so much different than it looks like on the outside. And that's why I oh, feel yeah. so low, right? Like, because you're in the middle of that storm and you're like, I can't ask really anybody's advice because they've never been in this particular situation. But it feels so counterintuitive, but just like really getting into touch with who you are and who you want to be and just staying true to that and just inviting a couple of trusted people. I mean, that's what got me out. That's what got her through it. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I think about that, the clarity of like, I'm doing this. I mean, when the person that, and again, in a betrayal context, when the person, like you said, that's supposed to have your back, that's supposed to be there for you, you it's, I don't think it's an illusion that like, we need each other. We're doing this. That, that was the promise, right? To be able to count on yeah. somebody yeah. and have that. So I don't think that like that's weakness or codependency to no. No, rely on someone. That's why there's such an injury. But I also think it really does sharpen the individual like agency, the individual action part of it, which is really going to be your lifeline initially is to really help you recognize that you're not going to die. You can keep going. You have options. You are, you know, a thinking, feeling person that has a voice. It really does clarify that. And I think for you, it sounds like that's something you had to come to grips with. Like this was slipping away from you. You couldn't stop it. And you had to really dig deep and get clear on that. I mean, I assume that you probably already, you know, in your marriage knew who you were individually, but did this sharpen this more for you? Yeah. And I kind of felt like, oh, this is go time. Like, that's what I felt like. About nine months before he passed, he got really bad. It was hard. So it was that it wasn't kind or generous or realistic for me to be like, hey, sit and like, listen to me and what I'm going through right now, which I had always had, right? Like, I could do that up to that point. He could do that up to that point, but it got to this point earlier. and, and, And I realized it was a really horrible realization that I thought, oh, you know, there are things worse than death. There are losses that come before that. It's not just this one thing, you know? And I remember about, yeah, nine months before thinking this is getting really bad. He's suffering and I've got to 
make him comfortable. And it's not about us and our life together. It's about him right now. And it has to be. And that's what I want it to be. But it's going to be hard. But it's go Mm -hmm. time. I just remember thinking, no, this is what we feared, but knew was happening. And it's happening now. So Mm -hmm. it's time to give to him more. You know, you're going to have to find your that inner strength and that like, I mean, he was, like I said, he was a great husband. He was still there, but he was, he had unusual, horrible circumstances in his life that I just thought I'm not, he doesn't need to burden with holding about how horrible this is. I, I want to give him a good death. I want him to know that we're going to be okay. Yeah. Like really having to let go of like weeping and wailing and do you know what I mean? Like he doesn't uh-huh. deserve yeah. that. And you know what? I can do that later so we're, <laughs> yeah we're gonna yeah. hold that i hear you yeah it's gonna be yeah. bad really bad. we don't need to make it bad now and then let's just make it bad then and save him that right right and so that was kind of you know a conscious choice and i'm i'm glad i did it but mm-hmm. yeah yeah but these circumstances are going to present regardless of the context you will come face to face with that moment of like what am i like this is on i have to make a choice i have to do something with this instead of we're in this together like these moments are, are very, like. very clarifying. Yeah. Well, and in, in a marriage too, like what is love, right? That's mm-hmm. what, what is love? I just felt so much love for him, especially about those last nine months, just pure love. You know, I loved yeah. him more, you know, and it wasn't because yeah. of what he could do for me. It was no. just because of who he was and just that integrity of his himself that I saw him, like he rose to the occasion and did what he needed to do as his own self. And in yeah. honor. Mm-hmm. And that was beautiful. And it counts. And so. Well, and, and so did you. And that was beautiful. It, I mean, it just made it such a, a, the best it could possibly be under the circumstances. Because, because you did just tell yourself for a bit, just to hold on, because this was needful. And to give that everything just says so much that, yeah. of course, of course, your love for him would just magnify. Yeah. And again, and then he dies and then you yeah. have your left, but you have this sense of, and this is like, you know, what I would say to anybody going through a hard time and feeling really lonely, especially when it's not your fault is, okay, all right, this happened. None of us were promised, you know, that this wouldn't happen, by the way, but what are you going to do? What is this all about? What is life all about? What are we trying to do here? Like, and that really helps snap me out of it and get the focus of like, yeah, you're right. I'm feeling sorry for myself and my circumstances. I wasn't promised anything, but like, yeah, I I mean, I, I can be sad about it, but it's all about like these expressions of love, right? Like, and connection with other people. There's lots of different ways to do that. There's lots of different ways to feel that and to feel connected. And it's important that we do it. So you know, that, that has been very helpful to me because it feels real. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. like a platitude. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think all of us are presented with a, an opportunity where, you know, we're looking at it and saying, is it go time or is it just going to be like, suck my thumb and like hide in the yeah. corner time? Yeah. And listen, totally. Yeah. Binge Netflix and in, in your bed, of- a block of cheese. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That, there's time for that too. Yeah. Hypothetically. Yeah. That has its place. <laughs> right. Again, there has to be space for all of it. But in terms of a direction or trajectory, in terms of what you're aiming for, the go time was a very conscious choice for you. Yeah. And I think that's okay. I think that can get us through trauma. And I think that that can get us through tragedy in the best 
You know what I mean? Like there are unusual yeah. circumstances where you think, okay, I'm going to feel horrible and I got to focus really hard and it's going to be for a limited amount of time. It's a sprint, right? And you, you can tell yourself, this is not how I'm going to live my life, but this is yeah. how I live it now because I have to. And that's okay, you know? Or at least uh-huh. I gave myself permission to do that. I'm like, you're not going to live your life like this forever. This is unsustainable, but for now it's your best option. So let's, it's the, yeah. Well, and I think even in betrayal context, Lisa, like that, yeah. you can say the same I'm thing. Sure. You knew that he had a timeline with this disease. But even for somebody who's been betrayed, you know that if things don't start improving in six months or a year, you're going to have options. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you're going to like focus and give it the best shot and it feels uncomfortable and it feels horrible, but you know that this is not how you're choosing to live your whole life. It just has to be this for just a little bit. Mm -hmm. There is something that like, again, a mental fortitude for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and all of this is about powerlessness and managing (laughs) that. And again, that's where you know, can we go back to that's where we can laugh at ourselves and recognize that we have these moments where we think that we're powerful and in charge and we're not. I do miss the illusion of control though. (laughs) Yes. I do. Yes. Don't you? Just a little bit. Like that you just thought, oh yeah, if I just work really hard and make a great plan, then I'll get like, I, you can get all straight line from A to B. Today's going pretty well. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's not over. Today's not over. And instead of like anything could happen. <laughs> yeah. 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 There is kind of a grace and an ease to it that you just sort of settle into. And I you love this discussion. I, are in it. And you can recognize when other people are in that, right? Oh, I know. Yeah. Anything? I know. <laughs> no, I wish everyone a stress-free, problem-free life officially. Yeah, right. Sure. I hope that for everyone. But yeah. <laughs> I also think that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Lisa, this is great. I uh Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing so many of your your thoughts and your experience. It's well, just I'm sorry really it wasn't relatable. Funny, but oh, you know, okay. here we go. We're talking about coping yeah. skills. Listen, I need a little bit yeah. more time. I'll, I'm sure I'll find more humor in that as well, too. <laughs> it's perfect. It's yeah. perfect because it's it's exactly what it needs to be. It's that blend of Heavy stuff going on. You had a day yesterday. Today we're talking about it. There's funny moments, but the goal isn't it for it to be funny all the time or sad all the time. We're just we're living that even on this episode, which I love. It's yeah, it's a lot of everything. And yeah, and if people want just like straight up funny, they can go watch some of your content. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> You've got lots of day. great stuff that's made our family <laughs> laugh. And yeah, oh, thank you. And I'm glad. So. Yeah, and then maybe someday you'll start in a real tearjerker drama that we can all... <laughs> we'll cry. Could just happen to be a biography, not a biography. My one-woman show. Wait for my one-woman show. There you go. Okay, we'll, we'll be, be looking row. for it. Exactly. It'll be real... So tell, tell our audience where they can find you, Lisa. Uh, they can find me on The Lisa Show, a weekly podcast. New podcasts come every Tuesday, and you can download okay. it wherever you download your podcasts. So that's how you're doing it. It's, it's not like on the radio, radio. Yeah. So it's, it's a podcast. It's, yeah, it's a podcast. Yeah. So you listen, because oh, listen, I'm not going to tell you when to listen. You know, you, <laughs> you're going on a walk, you're driving the kids around, you're gardening, you're doing whatever. You're walking around Target. I don't care where, where you know, you, I will be ready. <laughs> whatever you are, you listen to the podcast Perfect. whenever you want to. I love it. I Perfect. love it. Just so, so much respect. Yes. Thanks. You're fabulous, Lisa. Thank Thank you, you, Lisa. Thank you for having me. 
You can follow Lisa on The Lisa Show on BYU Radio, and the website for that is thelisashowpodcast.com. Once again, Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. It was a real privilege and honor to have you on the podcast, and we're just so grateful for the great work you've done and just all the joy and laughter you've brought into our family and the lives of so many people, as well as your husband, Christopher. We have just really enjoyed getting to know both of you, and it's just been a real thrill and privilege to have you on the podcast. And thank all of you for being here, listening every single week. We are just so grateful for you and your input, your feedback, and the great work that you're doing to strengthen relationships and bless lives. If you want to check out more information about what we have going on, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on fromcrisistoconnection.com, where we have past episodes of this podcast, online courses. You can also find us on social media. Feel free to drop us a direct message. Reach out to us. Let us know what you love about the podcast, things you'd love to see on the podcast, improvements we can make. We're very open and very interested in hearing from you. Thank you so much for listening every single week, and we look forward to joining you in the next episode. 